Welcome to A Brew and a Biscuit, a podcast for those who want to live a more intentional life and take a different path. I'm your host, Nicolette LaFonseca. And thank you so much for pressing play on this, the first episode of my podcast. I thought the first episode should be a little bit more about me, your podcast host, and my journey to slow intentional living. And think of this less as an exercise in narcissism and more giving you a greater understanding of my standpoint on things. Don't worry, as part of this getting to know you episode, I'm certainly only going to be giving you a potted history, so not to bore you all, but... I certainly suggest sitting down with your very own brew and a biscuit and we'll jump straight in. Like with many young people, university was a destination and I did not know why I was going. So I floundered over subjects and was bitterly disappointed that I in fact didn't get into Cambridge and wasn't going to join Cambridge Footlights and then enjoy a sparkling career on Radio 4. It turned out that actually being a musical-loving, comedic thespian wasn't on the cards for me and with good reason that's just not who I am so after not knowing where to go with my subject choices I took some time out I didn't go straight away and I took some very sort of gig jobs waitressing and uh, volunteering as well in in social care and actually that helped me discover what it was I was really about I was very, very good at spotting the systemic problem in things and taking a holistic view. And I was an absolute nightmare to be around because I was a person who took a waitressing job and within three weeks I'd suggested to management that they change the rotors and this is how the cleaning should go and this should go here for better, you know, time and motion. I I wasn't a fun person to be around and the fact that I had a small social circle was definitely evident of that. But I did have a skill set and also at that time through the volunteer work I was doing I realised that that's what I wanted to do and get paid. I wanted to make a difference, that was the career that I wanted. So I went back and I studied and I followed a social care and development pathway. And during this time I had a whole host of roles in um, children and families in social care, in overseas development and then moved into the third sector and did a lot of work in youth homelessness and adult homelessness as well. And what I discovered was I was able to take a holistic view on issues and help. But as with life, there's not a clear path and all of that happened whilst my personal life was happening and there were a few spanners in the work. One of those was the fact that I got breast cancer. So I was 32 when I first was diagnosed with breast cancer and I at the time like many many other women thought that this was something that happened to older women and that just simply isn't true. In fact in the show notes I'll link to a charity called the Lavender Trust which um, deals with women under 50 who are affected by breast cancer. I found my lump quite by mistake. I didn't check because that was something that older women had to do So I was actually, after a bath, trying to put moisturiser on and pick up a phone and I was on the bed, fell off the bed whilst moisturising and it was actually 
my lack of grace and poise and my complete ineptitude that probably saved my life because I felt something as I fell off the bed and thought, that's a bit weird. Then went back in for a closer inspection. Still went to the GPs thinking, it's going to be nothing because I'm 32. And in fact, it wasn't. It was breast cancer. So during this time, um, my partner was working away. I was living in a small town. I was living in Hebden Bridge in West Yorkshire. And I didn't really know that many people. I'd not long moved there. Most of my friends were still living in Manchester. And I was working at a homeless charity. And I knew from the outset that what I needed to do in order to get through this crisis was to occupy my mind because as a lot of people have had to suffer by living on themselves during these rolling lockdowns that so much time on your own with dark thoughts can be destroy you they can be soul destroying both mentally and physically it will have an impact and I'm not an oncologist I'm not the wonderful staff at the NHS but what I could offer to my recovery was to give myself the best mindset and to be in the best condition I could be in in order to help um, combat this cancer and so I started a blog and it was an absolute outlet it was somewhere where I could put all of my creativity and just be distracted and it was an awful blog I, I, I mean there was I didn't spell check it that the photos were taken on a, a point and shoot god forbid sometimes I even used a flash it was a straight theme that was downloaded from blogger you know back in the day when dot blogspot was an acceptable thing to have in your blog but little did I know that this blog was going to lead to a complete and utter career change but I'll get to that a little bit later because one thing I neglected to mention was the other common thread in my career choices. And I was, as well as looking at the holistic, systemic problems in situation, always coming back to see how creativity could help. I was always pushing for spending more money on community arts projects and something that went beyond, you know, sticking tissue paper to things, something that people could really engage with and doing a lot of consultation with communities and it was a natural progression for me to have a creative blog where I could share my outlet and it ignited in me again the fact that I really loved this and and was there a way that I could take these two halves of myself and marry them fully and I pushed and pushed and managed to get a lot of creative projects on the go in my workplace. Time moved on. I went into remission for the first time and my blog, I kept it up because I really enjoyed it. And at the time, it was more of a an online diary. Nobody cared about SEO or anything like that. And everybody knew one another. It was, you know, it was a nice ad-free, free time to be a blogger. I kind of miss it. This is going back over a decade now. So, I continued with my blog. I was still in my workplace. I was, you know, cancer free for the time being and life was good and I got engaged and that was fun because it was nice to be in a healthy marriage Um, because I'd previously been in a very unhealthy one. Like any good blogger, I decided to document everything because I was doing a very thrifty 
wedding and making lots of crafts because we couldn't really afford much and we got the whole thing in for under five grand. Now, at the time, my partner was still working away from home and it was a really funny conversation because my blog, as terrible as it was and as, as awful as it looked, was read by a runner at Endemol, which is a production company. I don't know if they're still a production company. And they were making a, a TV programme called Super Scrimpers and they wanted to do a wedding special and had come across my blog where I was making lots of cheap things and boasting about how little money I'd spent on my wedding. I had a phone conversation on Skype, I think it was, or on the on the regular phone with Joe and told him that, oh, the TV called. And I think he thought that I was having a breakdown. So I just want to backtrack at this point and say that I am a disabled woman. I have EDS. I also um, suffer from psychosis. I've been diagnosed as schizophrenic, but that's really kind of an outdated term now. And, and maybe in a future episode, I'll go into um, mental illness a little more. But he thought I was having a psychosis episode because I told him the telly had called me and he, you know, he promptly came to visit. And, and it turned out that the TV had called me and I was then a segment presenter on Super Scrimpers for four years, which elevated my blog. I then started to write for magazines. I got a lot more paid work on my blog. I didn't even know you could do paid work on your blog, especially not one like mine. And I even updated my theme and got rid of the dot blog spot at the end. This was perfect timing because at that point, the credit crunch happened. And health and social care and community services, all of those things were slashed. In the UK, you know, welfare just became practically non-existent. I took voluntary redundancy from my role that I was in at the time, moved to Paris where my husband had moved to, and started to write my blog full time, take it seriously, start spell checking, take decent photographs, all that business. I also managed to get a book deal and I will do a full episode on writing a book deal and how to to get one even when you have no Instagram following in another episode. If you're thinking, wow, she's had a really full life and she's done a lot of things, you're correct because I throw myself at life and I do things all of the time. I never sit down and I find it really hard to relax and I'll just digress to tell you a little story about when Joe and I first started dating and we decided to go on a romantic picnic. You know, I was very busy beforehand making a 12-course picnic to take and we ate some food and the food was eaten and then we sat down and I said to Joe, I was like, well, what do we do now? And he's like, oh, well, we just chill out. And he was laying in the grass enjoying the sunshine, actually chilling out and I was sitting there with palpable tension and I was like, well, okay, I, should we chill out now then? He's like, well, I'm already doing that. Okay, how do we chill out? And it was just evident that I don't really know how to just stop. I still don't stop now, I, I stop in a different way. I don't know if it's just my personality or because I do have a mental illness and I am disabled, I have to prove myself. I have something internal in me where I have to, to do more than everybody else to, you know, live my best able-bodied life and, and prove that I, there is nothing I cannot do. And in doing so, I just push myself too much. Now, throughout 
all of this history and this happening before I had breast cancer and after, I'd had multiple miscarriages. And at that point, I'd had a stillbirth as well. Realising that actually, I was older and I was had a had to stop and had to reassess everything and I thought hang on a minute I want to come off my my mental health medication I want to be a mother I you know what am I doing I can't run around at this pace forever uh, as the pregnancy went on and, and we were slightly more confident that he was going to be okay which he was thank goodness I knew that I wanted to home educate right from the get-go and Again, I will talk about those decisions in depth another time if that's something that you would like. We took on a huge renovation project. We bought a house sight unseen when he was six weeks old and we were in another country. And I thought, hang on a minute, how am I going to renovate a house and home educate a child and take care of my mental and physical state? You know, how is this going to happen? I need to completely reassess how I use my time. So this brings me more or less up to date with where I am now in my life and what's changed. Well, first off, I found my personal and my professional why, which really helps me become grounded in any decision that I make on any time that I say yes or no to something and when I make a choice. And I actually learned how to assess my time more effectively. Planning effectively is something that very few people do. For example... I could put on my to-do list, launch podcast. That looks like it's one item to tick off. It's actually a thousand items. There's so much research, so much learning, so much preparation to do. It's a thousand things. So everything that I do is bullet pointed to within an inch of its life so that I know exactly what is set out in front of me. And I don't put something on on a list and end up incomplete overwhelm and when you approach something when you know the full picture you plan your time more effectively and you actually end up with more time I also learned how to cut out what didn't matter I don't think and you can challenge me on this if you want to but I don't think anyone's going to lie on their deathbed and go I'm really really gutted that I missed that fifth season of Strictly Come Dancing I don't think they are And once you turn around and assess how much time you're actually wasting with mindless scrolling, with watching things just because it's on and actually how those things aren't the things that help you unwind and relax, you'll find that you do have more time. One thing I have noticed that is I actually do more with my life now. I achieve more, but I feel less busy because, you know, quote unquote, Busy work is not effective work. To give you an example, we've all worked in the office with people who are fantastic at looking busy and overwhelmed and, and you know, oh, we can't possibly give this to Sandra to do because look how overworked she is. But by and large, those people achieve very little. And to a greater or lesser extent, we are all that person at some point in our life. And when we grow and when we change is when we face up to hard truths about ourselves. And it's really hard to admit that we're wasting time, especially with the cultural norm that, you know, 
busy is equated to being more important and more driven and more successful. You know, I am too busy is worn with this badge of honour when in fact we have more access to free time now than any other generation has preceding us. So do me a favour and repeat after me. A full work calendar does not mean a full life. And I don't know why I chose that voice to do it, but let's, let's do it again. A full work calendar does not mean a full life. And the truth is, I do so much more with my time that I actually feel calmer. I don't feel overworked or overwhelmed because this is the biggest misconception that I have with the term slow living and why I prefer to choose intentional living because slow living isn't about doing less or goofing off or being that hippie type hanging out in the park, although that is a valid life choice. Actually, for me, it's about intentionally making choices and knowing exactly how to do that and what it is that you really want instead of floundering around. And how amazing would it be if you could actually reach your life goals with reduced levels of stress? Sounds pretty cool. So over the course of the series, I'm going to delve further into the realms of slow living as I see it and how to get there. I'm also going to be speaking to some fantastic people who I think have taken a a path less walked in their career choices or in their lifestyles. I'm also going to talk more about giving you some really practical takeaways on, on time management, on how creativity can help you, looking at how creativity can not only help you with your mental well-being, but how it also helps with critical thinking. And for any of you who are small business owners or sole traders, that's a really useful thing. And I've got some amazing interviews lined up for that. Thank you so much for listening to this first episode. And I hope that you feel like you've gotten to know me a little bit better. I will leave some useful links in the show notes. And please remember to like, subscribe, and share with your friends because it's the best way for a podcast to be discovered, especially a new podcast. You could even tell strangers in the street. At the bus stop, you could say something like, have you heard about Bruna Biscuit? It's a fantastic podcast. So I'll see you next week. Take care of yourself.